I think, isn't weather random? Weather is random. Yes. It's not arbitrary. So arbitrary is you make a decision that's kind of an arbitrary decision, but random is a pattern that has no consciousness behind it. I think I think the word pattern is important. I think randomness, yeah. there's, there are patterns to randomness, yeah. but not to um, arbitrary things. I think that's the difference. Oh, oh we really should be doing a quick little um, uh, <laughs> internet search in order to uh, prevent having to make uh, apology notes. <laughs> And now I need my glasses Oh my god, middle age Okay, oh, no, that's not right What's not right? Well, I just don't trust these answers (laughs) Oh, uh, is this one of those moments where, you know, they're giving you answers but you just, they're wrong (laughs) Yeah, because they're not what I thought Oh my god See, it's just it opens up a mathematical world which, um Oh, no, I don't believe that. Yeah, so arbitrary, oh, it's, they're saying it's a synonym. But in maths, the difference is that random is relating to probability distributions, while arbitrary is any and all possible. So, yeah, that's it's kind of what we were saying, really. Oh, random, random is having unpredictable outcomes. Right. Uh, right. But this no, is this, anyway. Let's not talk about this. this is, because language is just so weirdly slippery. I love it. But we were yeah. talking about this in relationship to uh, Italian, weren't we? Yes. Yes. I actually, I was uh, uh, speaking with an Italian friend yesterday. We're talking about something, you know, right on the edge for me in terms of my level. So reasonably complex, um, and also much more hypothetical things, which are always get. Um, you know, they're slippery in your own language. Yeah. And um, I was trying to communicate the idea that even though this person had understood what I'd said, it didn't mean for a second that, <laughs> that it was what I'd wanted to say. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like I'd so been that... trying to say something and, and she'd said, yes, I understand. And I'm thinking, yeah. well, do you? Because I'm not sure I have the language to but articulate. But do you? But you, do you not think that you just find yourself in that moment of in a second language that you are still mastering, <laughs> actually capturing what happens in conversation? Exactly. You, you are saying something, and there is a level of interpretation that is happening by the listener, and you hope that that interpretation is close enough to what the interior complexity, or or perhaps <laughs> or simplicity, <laughs> Simpli- yeah, <laughs> of your interior world. You, you hope that it kind of somehow maps onto that. Yes. In fact, the problem I would say the problem in this case is not so much that it's that issue is really transparent when you're speaking another language but actually that it's not transparent when you're speaking in your own language that we forget yeah. that that's going on we, we have yeah. definitely talked about this before it seems to be a sort of an ongoing theme it's incredible uh, in fact part of the conversation was around the word assumption and i was trying yeah. to use the word assumption which they don't have it's more like uh i'm gonna get corrected again but like hypothesi like hypothesis is probably and it just doesn't sound right to my ear like yeah. it doesn't, the, the, the translation doesn't sound right. Well, this is the weird thing about English, isn't it? It's a cluttery old mess. We've got bits of language here that are from all over the place. Hmm. Um, we, we don't just have kind of like one, it's not just Latin at roots, is it? It's not, yeah. not like the, the Romance languages. So that means that when we hear a word that borrows f- from a Romance language that might have more nuance in its, you know, in its original form, like like hypothesis, it really only means one thing here. Yeah. In English, it only means the one thing. Yep, and it, it the doesn't... context is quite narrow. Exactly, uh, yeah. You, yeah. You wouldn't hypothesize in a shop. 
Unless you were a little, a little bit snooty. <laughs> <laughs> My hypothesis this morning is that I'm going to buy <laughs> the Daily Mail instead of yeah. the Guardian. Yeah, so, so I mean, you, you could press it into service, but it, as you say, it, it's... <laughs> press it's... it into service. What was that you, they gang? What was they called? Gang? Press gang. Press gang. The press gang, yeah, when, when people were needed for the Navy. Wow. And it was one of those really weird double binds, wasn't it? Whereas if you resisted, you were you were imprisoned, and if you didn't resist, you were put in the navy. So it's like okay, it was win win depending on whose side of the. Well. <laughs> <laughs> This is a podcast in which two friends have serious conversations about silly things and silly conversations about serious things. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlife. Pressing a word into service. And, and I definitely do that all the time when I'm trying this other language of mine because yeah. um and they go no we wouldn't say that I'm like, well i'm trying to use it in a way that i know that it's more like a metaphor and yeah, you know, yeah okay but that's not how we'd use it yeah <laughs> i understand what you mean yeah i mean i am so far behind you in my portuguese it is a race to, to your uh, it is a <laughs> well it is a race. Race. i've actually Very... stopped to have a little drink and see how far back you are <laughs> you started like about six or seven years before don't, i started don't, so don't, i haven't don't, even no, bought any no, don't give me a <laughs> You don't even have any running shoes yet. <laughs> no, but we were talking. <laughs> and see, instead, you didn't buy the running shoes. You bought the flat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we, you, you we, actually bought the metal dais. <laughs> yeah, we Sorry. invested in a different way. <laughs> but we were talking to our downstairs neighbour. Um, who? Hang on, is this so, in Portugal or is this, this in England? In Portugal, yeah. No, yeah, we, don't right. have a, we don't have a downstairs. Ooh, do we have a downstairs neighbour? Well, well, I was we thinking... kind of do because in our house, <laughs> it, it's constructed of something called flying freehold, which means a bit of our property is sitting on top of somebody else's property. So technically, where I am sitting right now is above a gallery space in the uh, it on the is, high isn't it? Yeah. So we do have a downstairs neighbour here, although I wouldn't think of her in that way. Yeah. The legal language to describe our flat is an autonomous fraction. They don't have. Um, you, hang on, in this is in this country or the other? Country? No, no, in the in Portugal, the, right. the it's we're called autonomous, an autonomous fraction. fraction. Yeah, no, which no, means no. the way Portuguese law works. You imagine that an apartment block is like a cake, and when you go into a shop and you buy a piece of cake, you don't rent the cake in order to eat it but <laughs> you you buy the cake yeah in the uk when you have a, a property in a in a block of flats you're effectively renting it long term even though you own it if that makes sense because you 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 yeah, you're the renting leasehold. the cake long term in order to yeah. well, you're, live you're in a rent- slice of it Exactly that, yeah, because you, oh, you, it's, so it's, weird. it's the leasehold, so you own the right to live there, you don't own the bricks and mortar. It, but the, uh, yeah, anyway, it's a, an autonomous fraction in Lisbon, and our downstairs neighbour, who has moved to the United Arab, oh, I can never say this right, the United Arab Emirates. There mm-hmm. are too many letters in that. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't but, have any problem with that word last week. There were a lot of letters in that word, endocrine. 
psychoneuroendocrinology. Yeah, no problem with that one. But UAE. Yeah, UAE. I think it's because there's an a B and an M near United Arab Emirates. Oh, those the B and the E. Uh, the yeah, because oh, I want to say the United Arab Arabs, and it's like <coughs> oh, that. That's not right. <laughs> you should uh, you could should practice some of your drama techniques. The, the tip of the tongue. The <laughs> I have to do a, a, a virtual open day in not very long, and that's some of the shit that I'm going to have to talk about. You should just say, come out and say, hi, everyone, United Arab Emirates. <laughs> There's a Autonomous very difficult fraction. fraction. And uh, tell me, what is the difference between random and arbitrary, dear friends? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, but I was um, talking to them, and they were saying, oh, we're going to Faro this afternoon, which is about three hours Three and a half hours from from Lisbon, they were driving down to the coast to see yeah. friends, and then we saw them later that afternoon, still in still in the garden. And we were like, "I thought you were going to Faro," and they went, "Oh yeah, the car broke down." And we and both Bob and I responded, "Oh, sinto muito," which means like, "Oh, that's a big shame." Yeah, and, and they pissed themselves laughing. <laughs> we're like. What's wrong? Sintimwinto is, it, it means that that's a, a big shame. They were like, yeah, but you kind of say it if someone's died. You don't really say it if someone's car's broken down. So <laughs> you just escalated our car, a car um, breaking down. And it was one of those moments where it's like, yeah, that, that technically is the right thing to say. <laughs> But contextually, <laughs> no, not so much. Uh, we we had a similar word this morning. Oh, this is the this is the word podcast. Um, they, I think in Italy they use the word mortify, morti, mortificare, mm-hmm. a lot. Uh huh. And like I was mortified. I mean, yeah. we say that right, but I think it's very rarely. Very it's rarely. Quite, it's it's it feels like the kind of thing that you know a, a grandma would say, isn't it? It's like <gasps> it's a bit it's a bit pearl clutchy. <laughs> I was mortified. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you just did that to me, Simon. I was mortified. I was oh, so you've, embarrassed. you've taken on your tea lady from Edinburgh. <laughs> I'm a nice lady from Morningside's come back. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, oh, it's a strange thing. It's a strange thing, the way we uh, communicate, isn't it? Mortificado. Did I say that badly? Ucare. Care. Yeah, mortificare. Mortificare. Ah, it's mortificare. got a slight, slight Portuguese twang. Oh, it's, not, it's not even a slight. It's a full-on. I, uh, I was trying to say a student's name the other day <laughs> that I was convinced was Portuguese. Um, oh, no. And, 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 and while it was a Portuguese name and I was saying it with a Portuguese accent, she's not Portuguese. <laughs> she's just like... Uh, what, and that's not how I say my name. It's like, oh, that's interesting because uh, that's how I would say, you know, it's like, yes, but it's my name. So maybe that's, well, yeah. I have uh, I've a memory of a friend who was doing a um, some, you know, what do you call it? Backup teaching. What do you call that? Uh, Covering? Covering, something like that. Thank uh, you. And that, I think it's called... I think it's called something else in Australia, it, New Zealand. Uh, might, I think it might be called something else. Here. Like substitute, uh, oh, substitute, substitute. Teaching. There you go, substitute. Teaching. And uh, it was in the middle of nowhere in Australia. When I and I mean the middle of nowhere, I mean uh, the dead centre uh, in of Australia, like right in the the red heartland, you might say, where it's just mm-hmm. empty, um, beautifully empty. And um, I was reading out the class names and uh, reading out the list at the beginning. You know, all the students were going, yes, yes. And read out one which was Phoebe, and nothing. Mm-hmm. And um, after she'd finished the list, a little girl came up to her and said, "You didn't read out my name, uh, Miss." And she said, "What's your name?" My name's Phoeb. <gasps> oh, 
Yeah, and um, isn't it beautiful? It's beautiful that her parents had liked that name, the look of that that's, name, and yeah. that's how she'd been called. And um, it, I just it, it speaks so much about uh, the mess of uh, letters and language and and difficulty. And who gives a shit if your name's Phoebe or Phoebe, right? You know that there will be that that will have hit somebody's some, ear, and they I will know. have gone, oh. God, can you imagine being so uneducated oh. that they didn't? And you just kind of go, "Oh wow!" Felt yeah, to be surrounded. I, I mean, I, I was surrounded. Oh, it's beautiful. I, I was, Quite yeah, and no, I, it's clear that I was surrounded by, by people talking and reading and you know doing stuff that so that my my you know very early years were just filled with language. Yeah, I I, I was not in the same way. I was you were the uh, youngest of four. No, exactly. I was an only child, but I was a, a voracious reader. Um, and so everything I, I encountered was internal. So um, you, never, get was, to, you always, never got to hear it. No. So I remember, uh-huh. I remember understanding the concept of deus ex machina. I was probably around about 11 or 12 that I came across it in a... It was in a Stephen King short story. Oh, yeah. It, it was, it, I can't remember what short story it was, but it was it, the, the idea of the magic bullet. He writes quite a lot about writing. I don't know if... I mean, again, Stephen King is one of those people that I think we're supposed to sneer at in lots of ways because he's so uh, prolific in his, um, oh, in his uh, output. Also, and successful. I, I still like him. There's a beautiful short story... Well, short story, novella that he wrote not long ago called Elevation. This guy, he slowly stops having mass until eventually he floats away. Oh. But anyway. But he was writing about the idea of, of uh, God in the machine, deus ex machina. And I said it out loud to somebody a- who... In, had... a, out. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So go, go. I, think, yeah. I think you can... I think yeah. it's God Either out way. of the machine or... or yeah. yeah. Anyway, God... I think Is it God out of the machine? I don't know. Or God in the machine. But it basically... I don't read Stephen the... King, for fuck's sake. but the principle of it it comes from greek theater doesn't it that all of a sudden there would be a a literal god that comes in the in a machine like a crane kind of thing oh yeah 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 you know at the end of medea now why are you laughing because i just i i really like the sense that you have a very high opinion of how cultured i am (laughs) (laughs) i was a tennis player then i became a dancer let's be clear well, at the end of Medea, she has she borrows her granddad's chariot. By this point, she's killed um, Glauke, the Jason's new wife. She's left yeah. Jason, uh, you know, sort of screaming on the floor because bad she's things are going kids. on. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah, and she's she's flying away in 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 a chariot. And I think that it's that sort of idea that it's a, a literal machine of the gods that moves her out of harm's way. Right. Um, so God in the machine or God out of the machine. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember yeah. the Latin of it. But I, I remember saying Deus ex machina out loud. But I didn't say Deus ex machina because I'd never heard it and I've never been taught Latin. You say machina? Oh, I said juice. Oh. Because I was like, oh, that looks a bit like French. And you would say, so I was trying to say, trying to imagine what the word would look like. Oh, if I, so you know. So I had a little bit of school by French. That was a juice ex machina. And this guy who, um, who had gone to a private school, older than me, gone to a private school and had Latin. He just looked at me and went, <laughs> that's not how you say that. Mm. And I, it, was, it was a moment of deep shame for me, kind of going, huh. Then it's it, then it, you know it took a little while to unpick that and go. I didn't have a Latin master. I haven't been taught Latin. 
but I understand the concept of deus ex machina. And instead of wanting to engage with the conversation that we were having, he wanted to step out of the conversation and ridicule me for mm. how I pronounced it. As opposed to just, you know, what you could do is just like really polite, well, not even politely, just with clarity say, oh, this is how you say it. You don't say it like that, you say it like this. And there'd be no shame attached to that. It's just like, oh, I've never heard it said out loud. There's a little bit of that at conference, isn't it, about well, when you get to pronounce um, people's names from another from another country, you know, people yeah. who are well-known theorists or whatever. Yeah. And I always, I've always taken a certain amount of pleasure in, in saying them wrong. <laughs> you know, and, and, just, and just letting it... And then also I used to do that also teaching. I'd say, on purpose, say words incorrectly so that there was a sort of sense of playfulness with how it was that we were using language and that there wasn't any kind of sense that we had to be right about that because you know frankly it didn't matter what we're talking about is ideas here Um, as long as you understand that i'm talking about this particular person it doesn't matter right it's just a breadcrumb isn't it it's just a breadcrumb it's exactly it's it's a it's a it's a window into that uh yeah yeah. none of this was what i was going to talk about but i suppose it's not dissimilar Mm. in a way about okay Last week was the Golden Globes. Did you know that? I had heard that. And did you see that our good friend, Jason Sudeikis, won an award? I didn't. I, I think I might have clocked that, um, that uh, name of show, insert name of show here, uh, won an award. Yes. But was it that, did he win an acting gong? He, I, I believe he won an acting gong, best actor in a comedy series for his titular role in Ted Lasso. Oh, I couldn't remember the name of the show. After all, I've... Yeah, okay. And? And he gave a speech. And Remotely, a, right? Yeah, everybody yeah. was remote. Well, I think everybody was remote. Now, I'm not sure. There might have been some people who, who weren't remote. Anyway, he was definitely remote because he's filming the second series here in the UK. Oh. Obviously, he was on British time and the, the award ceremony is on American time. So in the West probably, Coast, right? Yeah. So there's so an eight-hour eight difference. Yeah, he's eight hours ahead. So, you know, if they Middle were doing of the in, night. I was going to say, if they were doing it in the evening, if they were doing like eight o'clock you know, at night, <clears> he's four a.m. Well exactly. Yeah. He'll be well into the morning. Yeah. So he was a little bit, a little bit sort of. Well, I was going to say, let's just say he maybe wasn't as laser-like in his initial, <laughs> initial responses, and lots of people kind of piled on to kind of go, huh, what a, you know, what a rambling, uh, what a rambling acceptance speech. But I watched it, and I, I was really delighted that I watched the acceptance speech because it reminded me of something I'd read ages ago that I don't know if you've read, which is um, the the Leo Tolstoy short story about the three questions. This is why I said yes to doing a podcast with you, is because I thought, I'm going to learn some shit, so go. <laughs> well, he'd been reading the same short story to his son. Is, what's it, what is it called? Oh, you know, I can't even remember the name of it. We'll have to put it in the show notes. But it's 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 something like the three questions or the three answers. It I'm going to look it up. I'm looking it up now as you're talking. But it's by Leo Tolstoy, and it's a, it's lovely, and it's not a long read, it's, but it's a beautiful read. And he gave this acceptance speech that sort of finished off with remembering that he'd been reading this to his kid, and and basically it, the questions are something along the lines of when is the right time, who do I need. And what's most important? So those it's, are the it's three questions. The three, it's called the three questions. Oh, I remembered it right. Lovely. Mm. Oh, I didn't remember it right, but <laughs> said, some, <laughs> said some words that were uh, approximating it. So this king 
goes to all of the wisest people in the land, brings them in and, and asks them these same three questions. When's the right time? What do I need? And who is the most important? They're a little bit longer and a little bit more involved than that when he asks them. But mm-hmm. those are the, that's the kind of the, the central thrust of the questions. And he gets like loads and loads and loads of different answers and none of them really satisfy him. And then he obviously decides the only way to answer this is to go off and talk to the hermit who lives in the woods. <laughs> Which is always, isn't it? That's always. The, what am I going to yeah. do? Oh, I know. Why don't we do that these days? I don't, we go I through the internet. It's stupid. Yeah, which is not a hermit that lives in the woods, is it? It's, I mean, I guess although it's a, it would be so it's great. It's a guy who it's, lives in someone's cellar. So it's, it's Amazon close. Web Services that <laughs> there's a, a extension for your browser, um, which which blocks uh, websites if they use one of uh, Google, Amazon, and I can't remember the other one. Maybe it's Facebook um, services of any kind, and it basically renders the internet <laughs> unusable. <laughs> It's wow. just a really, it's a really. Even if you think that you're not involved in, um, yeah. say, the business of supporting Amazon or your your favorite billionaire, um, yeah. Emperor Bezos, um, that you're in the business of it, uh, it's uh, it's inescapable. Yeah. Sorry. I, the, three questions. Yeah. Anyway, so we asked these th- these three questions the of hermit. the uh, of the of the hermit. When's the right time? Who do I need? And what's the most important? And the uh, the hermit's digging his garden and doesn't answer the questions. And the king ans- asks the questions again, and he still doesn't answer the uh, the questions. And then the the hermit's like, "I'm a bit tired. I'm going to have a sit down." Um, and then the king just goes, "Oh, just give me the spade. <laughs> I'll do some digging for you. All right, if you'll just answer the questions." So he starts digging. And then they get later into the night um, and the, the <laughs> hermit still hasn't answered the questions. And then somebody comes along with a, um, a stomach wound and he's like really heavily bleeding from his stomach. And the king goes, shit, OK, give, get me some towels. Let's uh, let, let's try and staunch this bleeding. And they, they, they staunch the bleeding and, and put the man to bed. And then the king passes out on the, um, on the doorstep because <laughs> he's so tired. He wakes up in the morning and uh, the guy who was wounded was an enemy of the king who was who had set out deliberately to kill the king and then had encountered one of the king's bodyguards on the way who had then sort of given him this wound. Yeah, and then the king had saved his life. And then the, the enemy says, now I don't want to be your enemy. I want to be your... I want to serve you for the rest of your life and I will want my children to serve you as well. We all live happily ever after. And the king goes to the hermit, I, I still haven't got the answer to the questions. He's like, well, actually, you have. You have got answers to the questions because when is the right time? now now is the right time and who who do i need you need the person who's in front of you what's the most important well the most important thing is the thing that you're doing and the reason jason sudikis is talking about it was he was offering a critique of the idea of the best actor as a concept he said because i don't really think that i was the best actor i think that i was in the right moment and i think i was doing the thing that i was doing and i think i was acting opposite the people that i was acting opposite and that's what allowed this thing to happen. Hmm. So I guess I guess I wanted to talk about community. Oh. <laughs> in the broadest sense or in the narrowest sense or how does that sit with you? That's uh, funny. I just uh, this morning I was just listening to something which said that that it was a it was someone reporting on a bit of research that had happened at Harvard and I'm only saying Harvard there because I couldn't really give a dead rat's roger, but it isn't it interesting when you say some research that happened at Harvard um, implies that the research is good, as if no crap research ever came out of Harvard. Anyway, this bit of uh, research said that we 
spend nearly 49% of our time effectively lost in thought. And the word lost being critical here, meaning not I'm thinking about this, but the mind wandering. Mm. I thought that was pretty fascinating Pretty interesting in terms of the, the three questions. Yeah, what was the, the when is it? When is it? When, when do I need? What, so what, yeah, so when's the right time? When's the right time? Exactly. But that's not what your question is. It's a very interesting thing, community in general. And I think, it's, I think it became most interesting for me when friends of mine started having children. Mm-hmm. And the sense that by necessity or inevitably maybe is a better word, by necessity, that when you have children, there's a, a strange... Uh, a paradox, I think, that that I observed happening. Um, I don't know what, whether they felt this happening, whereby there's a closing in of the world. We need to, uh, let's say, focus our attention on this new human being at the same time as recognizing or hoping for the kind of world they might grow up in. Mm, it takes a village. It takes a village. Exactly. I I guess I've been aware of that as I've got older. I've become aware of, I'm going to call it the temptation. Lil always teases me about the use of my use of the word temptation because she does you do use the word in a very unusual situation. A situation is like, I'm tempted to have some toast now. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I swear I go, what's wrong with that? Like, why, <laughs> why is it that we're not tempted by <laughs> toast? I think perhaps it's because Lil doesn't have quite the relationship to, uh, to, to bread that we both have. Because I hear you say tempted and i'm like yes because i walk past that bread <laughs> and i can hear my uh my freshly baked sourdough going go on go on i know you're not hungry Come but on. imagine what it would feel like to I, crunch into me and have I know, salt and, and i know you're supposed to wait until it's cold before you can cut the thing but i'm so nice when i'm a little bit warm who has ever done that who I, has ever waited until they've actually got a cold loaf i know it's easier to cut but fuck off <laughs> Um, yeah the temptation as i've got older to to feel increasingly isolated to um Uh uh to this is the way the world is yeah that community takes a kind of work yeah and even if we let's not even we can't even whether we agree on what that word might mean but Mm -hmm. let's say we are agreeing what it means Mm -hmm. but that to be outside of oneself to spend time building something that is beyond that, let's say, easy circle or easy closeness is, um, is demanding work. Can I, can I just circle back to the thing that you said about it takes a village and the being part of a community that becomes oh, necessary yeah, right. when, when you have kids and, and the sense that you feel the temptation to become more isolated and recognising that that is a thing to work on? It's funny when you said temptation, the word that did come to mind was toast, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yes, uh, you're right. Yeah. I don't really know what I want to ask. It feels like that we just sort of cracked something big open about the fact that neither of us have children yeah and about what that might mean in relationship to our standing in a community mm-hmm. or perhaps the potential to for being seen as we become more invisible 
Because mm. as we get older, I think we understand, certainly in this culture, in the UK, the older you are, the more invisible you become. Yeah. And is there an anxiety there about disappearing? So are you with, are you kind of being insular because you're kind of beating society at yeah. large to the punch? Or? I think I'm, yeah, I think I'm making a virtue out of necessity. 